a listener production. You are listening to episode five of the Howie Games Artist Series Part B featuring legendary Hollywood producer Gene Kirkwood. So, Gene, you've, you've shot this thing, you've come in on your budget, 28 days. What happens next in the movie-making process of Rocky? Oh, God, well, the editing is a process, the scoring is a process, uh, and then in those days we used to sneak it. You'd go to, like, to New Orleans or you'd go to Cleveland and you, and you sneak the picture. And, and What do you mean you from, sneak it? You know, you show it in a movie theater with another picture and nobody knows it, like on a Saturday night. So you can get a real beat from the audience how they feel about it. They get questionnaires afterwards and all that other stuff. And how was it being viewed in those sneak sessions? You know, it was amazing. Everything was great. When we first got, we got, it's funny, as I'm talking to you, I'm going back into it. I haven't Good. done this before. So Good. Uh, when, when uh, um, the, the guys that ran the dealies, uh, the dealies are what you shoot it and then you see it downstairs in the screening rooms, the studio. Uh, everybody that was watching and everybody that was working on the sound, uh, uh, all that stuff was freaked about the movie, loved the movie. I had guys that wanted to buy points for me that were like sound men. What does that <laughs> mean, buy points? Well, what well, does that but, mean? Boy, but, like, whatever interest I have in the movie, take a piece of my interest in the film. <laughs> and, so, and, so, and so I said to somebody, you know, the sound guys want a piece of this. They said, what? <laughs> they never heard. <laughs> in all the years at MGM, none of them ever did that, you know? <laughs> Yeah, so it was, it was it was just, wow, as I look at it, of course I made God the executive producer. I think that helped a lot. Yes, of course, uh, uh, and they uh, made God uh, yeah. the executive producer. <laughs> at what stage does God, <laughs> being you in this it particular was, instance? It just, it just so worked. It just so worked. And the time was right, too. The country at that time was on a, on a downhill run, you know, it's 75, 76. It's kind of dark out there, you know, uh... And it was just, it just came at the right time, you know, politically, because, uh, you know, uh, it was about going the distance. It was about, you know, no matter what, you know, you don't have to win the fight, just just stay in there for 15 rounds. You know, it was never about winning the movie because he doesn't win the fight. Well, in some ways, do you see it as a sports film or when, when I went back and watched it, my recollections, I forgot how much of a love story it was. It was, between... it was a love story. It was never a fight film. I have one fight yeah. in the whole movie. Yeah. I have one fight in the whole picture, because, but I couldn't, I don't, yeah, there was a picture called Marty that my Patty Chevsky wrote with Ernest Borgnine that won the Oscar. And it was, a, it was a very simple love story. This was a very simple love story, but the fight, the fight made it, all that training and fighting. And he was like the common man. And no one came, gave a shit that he broke fingers on the docks. You know, he was like a working there, working, you know. Uh, so it was good. That was great. I wish I could do it again. At what stage, Gene, in the in the shooting or the editing or when you're looking at it, at what stage do you look at what you're doing and think, wow, this is potentially something really special? Do you have a moment like that or not? It just happened. It was a constant feeling. Then when we started sneaking it for the pros, the screenings in Hollywood, there was a company called Rogers and Cowan that still exists today uh, that took the, the film under their arm. And, and they had screenings in those days. Everybody went to screenings. You know, they didn't have things where you could send DVDs or anything like that. Sounds like such a period picture. Jesus. And so uh, 
when we started showing it to Hollywood, the guys like Kirk Douglas, who did Champion and stuff, really loved the movie and people started calling and, and, and there was a buzz. There was a great buzz around the city about the movie. Um, uh, uh, that, that you can't duplicate because it was such a small movie. It was like, you know, the other films were huge, big films then. You know, there wasn't a film that was nominated for, like, for not, we had 10 nominations. Yeah. Of which you won three. So it's why it's two, three, yeah. So how does it get into a, where, where is it open and where is it played? Is it in one theatre? Is it in various no, theatres? How, how does it? The truth is they didn't want to release it that year. They had Bound for Glory and Network. And there was a friend of mine named Don Rugoff, a, a terrific guy. He owned theatres in New York. And he owned this uh, theater, Cinema 2. And uh, they told me if I can get a play date, I, I, like in three theaters, it would qualify for the Oscars, you know. But they weren't going to get me to theaters. So I went out and got the theater myself, actually. Don Rugoff gave me the theater. Uh, um, and we got one theater in Westwood and another theater on Times Square. And we only opened with three theaters. And if we didn't open that year, who knows if we ever would have won, huh. you know. Not that we were thinking that way, but it just felt like the right time. And, and, and at that time, United Artists was great. They really like took out interesting ads. You know, they made it like a really, really, they put, you know, they really put some finesse behind it. And how quickly before it exploded in, I look back at old news stories, Gene, and there's the rocky headline above the pictures and, mate, your film, they are queued down the block to get in. Yeah. It's extraordinary. It was, yeah. Well, but it, when it played in New York in Cinema 2, uh, I grew up in Bloomingdale. So it's a store across the street. My mom worked there for 40, 50 years. And so I had an ap- apartment then uh, on on, uh, on 59th. And I used to have to walk through the line, the, uh, the Rocky line and stuff like that to get to my apartment. It was just amazing. And we only had a couple of theaters. So that's why the queues were long. But once we opened wide, it was just great. Do you have any, I've got it written down here, but financially the movie, well, it said that it returned (laughs) 11,000%, Gene. So from from your million-dollar budget, it's been returned over the years 11,000 times. It did okay for everybody. It did all right. <laughs> Give me a spell. Look, I tell you. It did okay, yeah. Gene. Crikey. Yeah, it did all right, you know. But uh, it's not steady. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but It's but, not steady, but it, but it, it did good. It, were, it was, you know, you know, it was in profits, you know, in a half hour because it cost nothing. You know, 980, they, you know, it was nothing. I had three theaters. They spent like 11 grand opening the movie, like nothing. Huh. So... But it's 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 interesting. How do you view what the franchise has become? It's it's uh, reportedly earned one point four, one point five billion dollars. It was obviously two, three, and four, and then it went on to five, and then the spin-offs and the Creed movies. How how I think you were involved in Rocky two as well, yeah. weren't you? Yeah, but it's, you know it just goes the way the it just you know it's it's like James Bond. It's like anything. It's it becomes it becomes such an iconic character. That the what I'm really proud of yep. uh, is uh, the statue of Sly in Philadelphia. Actor Sylvester Stallone has passes by doing double takes when he made a surprise visit to the statue of his iconic Rocky Balboa character in Philadelphia. More people see that than the Liberty Bell. Huh. 
<laughs> so I kind of beat out Benjamin Franklin on that one. You know what I mean? <laughs> I kind of like that. I like that shit, you know. <laughs> you know, so and little things like that, uh, you know, but I, I, I try to apply it to everything I'm making and have made the same principle. You know, luck is important. Man, you got to, but luck, but luck is, the art of luck is in the gambler. Uh, and, the, and the film was a gamble. Well, that's my next question. You, you've come off as a young man and you've been involved in, as we said, what's become the biggest sports film of all time. How do you reset and continue your own personal career? It, it's like an Olympian. It's like Michael Phelps winning his 27 gold medals and he's only 30 years of age. How do you progress on to to continue your own life and your own journey. You keep point. swimming, child, and, and, you keep, <laughs> and if you have to do the backstroke, <laughs> but you keep swimming. That's all. I mean, uh, I, I love what I do. I, uh, there's nothing. There's nothing better than what I do. I love it. I mean, making movies, being in show business. What's better? What are you gonna do? Own hundred cleaning stores. What's so good about that? <laughs> you know, making movies. Just, there's nothing like it. Why? Why? What is it about making movies that you love so much? It's just you get an idea, you get a dream, you get actors, you get stars. It becomes something. It doesn't. It's tough to make. You know, it's very personally rewarding, you know, especially if you hit it out of the park. And it's just, it's just, a, it's an exciting. It's just, you know, you're only on this planet for a half hour. It's not a long time. It's, mm. a, it's a great place to put yourself uh, and enjoy life with. And so it's not easy. Some people, you know, like, like in anything. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't do anything else, except maybe rob a couple of banks, something like that. You know, <laughs> just to make it interesting. I like to go on one stick up before I die. I really would. <laughs> and, and if, Hands and, in the fucking air, you're insured. Right here. Yeah, put, a, put it in. Put the cash in. I'd like to see some cash. You know, you never see cash. Everything's cards. Nothing. You give somebody five thousand in cash, they drop dead. They don't know what to do with it. <laughs> So I'm thinking the great actors, Gene, and you're you're entertaining me, and I'm loving every moment of this. The great actors you mentioned, Dean, you know, you've worked with, well, you've acted in a film alongside Jack Nicholson. You must be a funny guy. <laughs> I'm a riot. Hey, look, I didn't mean anything. I'm just stopped by, have a little fun, nothing personal. Go okay? have your fun somewhere else. What makes a great actor? And you have worked with the best, Stallone, another example. They don't they don't think about it. They they love it. They gotta love what they do. They gotta love the art. That's what makes a great actor. And and uh, uh, egos to be better than other people, because in that arena it's like doctors. All doctors want to be better than other doctors, even though they're doctors. They want you know, uh, uh, and and to be as good as Daniel Day Lewis or be as good as Nicholson, be as good as Marlon Brando changed movies. You know, when Al Pacino went in and surrounded the waterfront, he stayed the whole day in the theater. He didn't leave. He still saw like eight eight movies. You know, so uh, uh, to be an actor, you got to really love it. Let's get back to Gene. So, so if these guys are great, what separates the real greats? You, you mentioned Brady earlier on. I guess in in the acting world, it's the likes of De Niro and and Nicholson that you've mentioned, or Brando. From your experience, these guys, specifically De Niro and Nicholson, what makes them the Bradys rather than the, for want of your better term, run of your mill elite actors? What takes you know, these guys to the next step? It's it's choice of material. You have to be smart to stay a star. You know, Warren Beatty for years, Robert Redford, 
to say a star, you got to be very smart. You got to know material. Well, Will Smith, Will Smith is brilliant knowing material. I mean, great, uh, very smart in what he does, and it takes that. Uh, and the actors that weren't that smart when I say that just didn't care, or had fun, or you know, let people make all the decisions for them, and they go into a bunch of a bunch of crap. They pay for that. You know, uh, if the, the, the actors that kept it pure stay forever. They're movie stars. I mean, look at Redford. Redford, you know, uh, you know, I mean, Robert Redford has done, what, 20 great movies? 30 great movies, All the President's Men, Downhill Racer, uh, Butch and Sundance, uh, Jeremiah Johnson. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. you just keep going, you know? So, I mean, even Tony Curtis, you know who Tony Curtis was? Yes. Great actor, because he did everything. He did, he did the Black Shields of Fawnsworth, Spartacus. He did everything, Boston Strangler, but some like it hot. He did like 50, if you, you know, if you know movies, amazing. So I love this stuff. As you say, I can talk about that stuff. Have you got some more time to talk to me about the Defiant Ones or have you got to go off and make a movie? Um, a little Defiant Ones. Uh, uh, Jimmy, Ivine, and I used to share an apartment. Punch in a little bit later. Yeah, check, check, check. We're talking about Jimmy and Dr. Dre. Jimmy Iovine is the levitator. Dre is the innovator. I need something a little bit more impressive. Uh, so I knew him and his dad real well. Uh, and as I got as I got older, my daughter got older. I wanted to really uh, uh, keep up with everything. So the best way to keep up with everything is to get into the pop culture, get into music. Uh, and so I got into it with Jimmy. We did the Get Richard I Tryin', uh, uh, Eight Mile, etc. Just, uh, just on those, just on those. Yeah. Um, uh, eight Mile with Eminem and uh, Get Rich or Die Trying with uh, 50. Curtis, 50, yeah. 50 Cent. What are those experiences like when you are trying to get a movie performance out of someone who is ostensibly a singer? You shoot first and you ask questions. Shoot! Later. You shoot first and you ask questions later. You just met him. Fidgeting, man. I'm right about him. I'm always right. It's like when I'm right, I'm right. And when I'm wrong, I could have been right. So I'm still right because I could have been wrong. That makes sense. Come on. Say that again. Today, they're all actors because they do. Years ago, they were. But now they do a million videos before they get to you. They're in front of a camera more than regular actors are. And they got to act what they're doing in a three-minute video and tell their story. And so when you get them, it's not like they, you know, years ago where they didn't, they didn't know how to get on, you know, what, I don't want to mention names, but, you know, they just didn't know what a set was. No, it's, uh, and uh, uh, that's why everybody that busts in, into that, whether it's uh, Marshall or Gaga, they're great. Look, Gaga and the Star is Born is great. So, Gene, just back to the Defiant Ones for a sec. It's one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. It is outstanding. It won a stack of awards. We won the Grammy. We won the IDA Award, the Documentary Award. It was a terrific experience, but it took three and a half years to shoot that. I, I said to I said to Jim, I said to Jimmy, who do I fuck to get off this movie? <laughs> <laughs> so three, yeah. three and a half, three, three and a half, half years. years. How much? Yeah. How, how how many hours of rushes of footage? I can't I can't even go into that. It's just a whole. It was it's a part of your life. It became a part of everybody's life that worked on it. But it was so it was so fantastic though. Because their life kept changing. Jimmy Iving, he was walking up the beach. And I told him about 
my lawyer approaching me about a sneaker company that wants you to endorse something. Out of the blue, he's like, Dre, no, you don't sell sneakers, you sell all kinds of different speakers. Yeah, you know what? We could call it Beats. And does it become an obsession? I work with some mates that make sports docos and when they're in the midst of making and shooting and editing, they can't get it out of their mind. Does it become like that for you? It did for me, but it did for Alan Hughes, the director, uh, because I was—I I had to get on to other things. I couldn't stay on that for three and a half years and commit an axe murder, uh, but, but, but he, he <laughs> stayed. Uh, uh, and it was it was just their life kept changing. I mean, the whole thing with the beats and and, and all the artists, Gaga, uh, this whole thing that happened with Tupac and all that stuff. Uh, uh, we started to make something small. We just kept going with it, and I was very fortunate uh, to do that. HBO gave us a few bucks, and the boys had a couple of dollars, and we just kept shooting. So the the way that starts. Because I, I was recommended The Defiant Ones by a friend. I didn't know anything about it. So I turned it on Netflix and up pops, you know, in the first two minutes it up pops Bono, Stevie Nicks, Springsteen, Stefani, Snoop Dogg, uh, Tom Petty, Ice Cube. The, the impact gene at the start, you're like, bloody hell, yeah. what is this? Well, it was, a, but it was all, everything, everything in that wasn't produced for that. It was produced uh, to get the relationship between Jimmy Iovine and Dre uh, uh, together, and how, how two guys, it was like in, in search of Citizen Kane, two trains coming towards each other, you know they're gonna meet, they're gonna be great. Uh, and it's about it's about the music and stuff. And they happen, it happens to be all about that, because that's what they did, but we didn't set out to do that, it, uh, to, like, to make it a star-studded thing, it's just the way it was. You know, and, and we did everything in real, real time with beats, and that whole thing with uh, not, not, not sneakers, speakers, you know. And yes. The whole thing. We did all that stuff, all the Tupac stuff and, and Suge Knight stuff is real. Everything. And the Gwen Stefani story. And then you see Gwen as a kid. It's amazing all the footage Jimmy kept. I it's mean, you know, I mean, yeah, it's a, you know, so uh, it was it was what's great about it is is kids see it in, in, in colleges and it's like the one kid said, it's like the Citizen Kane of music docs. Uh, uh, and they get like four years of Harvard in, in one miniseries. Because when you leave that, you know the business. You know yeah. music, how it's done, how Springsteen did that, how, how Eminem, when Eminem walked in, when, when Marshall walked into uh, uh, to see Dre and he started spitting, he knew right away, you know. Uh, so that's never going to be seen again. And do you have a time where you can sit, like you've, you know, you sat there for three and a half years, as you said, and you've lived it and breathed it and come in and come out. Do you have a time, Gene, where you sit down in a viewing room and watch it and uh, what's the emotion for you? Is it pride? Is it satisfaction? How do you feel when you see some of these classic shows that you've been heavily involved in you see it there in front of you on the screen? I feel good. I feel good whatever I do. You know, I do. That's that's part about that's great about being psychotic. <laughs> you, know, you, feel, you feel it's all right. Well, but, but, you know, what's wrong? It's, it's so great to me. <laughs> you know, you just you know what you got to learn to have fun in life and, and love what you do and you and keep, as long as you stay an artist, you just keep going. But what you do need is finesse and you got to be able to get money and stuff like that to move. You know, the people think this is like UNICEF, this business or something, but it's an expensive sport. 
and you got to go after writers, you got to get on planes, and you got to deal and wheel, and you got to stay at the plate, and you got to take people out. You know, producer pays for everything. You know, writers, a chick comes to a writer, he's under the table, he's going to the bathroom. Chicks, you oh, sorry, I got a phone call, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, so, you, <laughs> so, so that's very important in this whole saga, is financing. Same thing in sports. Gene, frequent listeners to this show know that uh, I have a couple of young children. One is aged 11 and one is aged nine. Um, And one of those children always asks a question of the guest. Are you happy to field a question from a nine-year-old? Sure. This young man, who is my son, his name is Mac, but for whatever reason, Gene, he likes to be called the Big Penguin. That's sort of his nickname. We like nicknames here in Australia, right? Yeah. So you get, hopefully you can hear it there in Hollywood, the uh, question from the nine-year-old, the Big Penguin. Are you ready to roll, Gene? Go ahead. Hey, Mr Kirkwood, Big Penguin here. First off, I think it's so cool that you make movies. Like, I'm just amazed that you can actually do that. My favourite movie is probably Harry Potter, but I can't wait to watch Lord of the Rings because Dad just finished reading it to us. But what I want to know is, what's your favourite movie? Yeah, my favourite movie is David Lean's Great Expectations. And Mr Pip, what's your business? My, my business? Ah, oh, yes, I'll, uh, I'll explain my business by your leave. Do you, uh, do you wish to come in? Yes, I wish to come in, Master. Had the most influence on me. I just happened to see it uh, a week ago again after after probably fifty years, and it's still it's. I can see why it caught me then as a kid. Uh, and I would if you like Harry Potter, you got to see this. David Lean directed, you know, Lawrence of Arabia, Doctor Zhivago. I mean, uh, uh, you got to see that. That's my favorite movie. Thank you, Mac. And what's next for you? Wait a second. M- make sure he doubles your allowance for that. You get cash for that. Double your allowance for that. All right, good. Hey, Gene, can I tell you something? Double zero is still zero, okay? Oh, see. Oh, he needs an agent. Tell him I'll I'll handle it. I will. Okay, okay. So what's next for you? I mentioned, you know, as I said, we're blessed to have time with you because I know you've got a bloody lot on your plate. You're making movies still. What's next on your horizon? Uh, Oh, real quick. You you couldn't guess this in a trillion years, but... yeah. I wanted to do something along the lines of Rocky from so people that go from nothing to something for, to dream, to get to, and so many things can get in your way. And I found this story about these three guys, uh, that were, uh, that were, two were doctors, one was a restaurant guy. Uh, uh, and when, to make a long story short, these doctors invented the stent. You know what the stent is? I mean, yeah, it's I do. Wild. I do. No, it's so wild. This whole story, how they did this, and they're like regular guys. I mean, they're like you know, a regular like guys that stood in and went through all this stuff and had to get things approved, and they had smoking baboons they had to work on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, so I, that's what I'm working on now with the heart. Because this, this is why this is so important. You know, people are into space, people are into the ocean. You never been to space, you never went down to see the Titanic. But we all have it in here. Our heart is our rhythm section. Right here, we own it. And when, 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 when you see my film, and when plaque breaks, it's going to sound like a glacier. 
and it's going to be shooting through the arteries and pulling miles out. You're going to have to get a physical when you see my movie. That's how crazy it is. So I, I studied all this stuff about the heart in these guys, and it's wild. It's a wild story, and it's, that's what I'm working on. Has it got a working title? Uh, right now it's called The Stent. The Stent. When would we potentially be able to watch it? I know. I'm, 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 I'm writing it now. The fellow that wrote the Green Book is writing the script, which won the Oscar two years ago. Okay, yeah. okay. So it's not what you're thinking of. The traveling musician yeah. story, yeah? Yeah, right. Oh, when the Oscar for best. Yeah, so, so, so it's not like I'm doing like a, a very, I'm doing that type of, same type of picture because they're very, very normal guys, very straight guys, very like working guys that had this dream and they did it. They happened to be geniuses, but so many things got in the way to stop it. You know, and, and, and when you have, this applies to everything, especially movies too. When you have the, the, the candle, the light from a candle and a creative idea. There's so many things to blow that out. So many people are going to want like that. That's the way it is. You got to keep it going. Very last question for you, Gene. For all the young people out there that listen to this show that want to have experience in their life and have some success in their life, it doesn't need to be in movies. It can be in the field that they're passionate about. What advice would you give them before you head off to the airport? You know, that's a tough one because I don't know. If they want to be in my business... Uh, uh, marry, uh, marry a girl whose father owns a bank. <laughs> right away. Yeah. That's all I could say for all of them. For everybody you just mentioned. Make your life easy. <laughs> Gene, appreciate it. Thank Stay you. safe. All right, you too. Wow. That was one out of the box. Thanks to Gene for clearing an hour in his schedule. No mean feat to come on the podcast and thoroughly entertain me and hopefully you. And now that you've listened, go back and watch Rocky again. Some of the scenes will be completely different for you after you've heard Gene's explanations. Then watch Rocky 2. Then Rocky 3 with Mr T as Clubber Lang. Rocky 4 when he takes on the big Russian, Ivan Drago. Great film, that one. Rocky 5, Rocky Balboa, Creed 1 and 2. Creed 3 is on the way. That should keep you going. Until next week with Kirk Pengilly and his stories about his life and times within excess, peace and love. Listener.